0: This podcast is part of the SJ Network. Go to s-j-network.com for more great podcasts and for contact information on publicist Steve Joyner. Billy, did you take out the trash?
1: I will, after I finished listening to the Snowman in the Morning show.
0: That's a good podcast. I was quite the athlete when I was younger.
1: I didn't know that. What sport did you do?
0: I was a professional wrestler. I was great at throwing my opponents through tables.
1: You were? Well then, I better take the trash out. It's not going to take itself out, you know.
0: Works every time. Maybe I should tell the Sherpa, so I can get better jokes. Attention Rebels of the sherpa Pollution. Today's podcast is being brought to you by Audible. You can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And now Mr. Bruce will lead you into the Sherpa Chalet. As a reminder, please don't disturb the yak.
1: Welcome to Too Many Podcasts, the podcast about
0: podcasts. Now, podcasting from the Sherpa Chalet on Mount Podcastia, here's your host, Jim, the Podcast Sherpa. Hey there, Rebels. You are listening to Too Many Podcasts, and it's me, Jim, the Podcast Sherpa. Welcome to the show, and it's day two of Sports Week. And today's a fun show. Well, they're all fun shows this week, but my guest today Is a guy who hosts a podcast and broadcasts on the radio as a sports announcer. Very knowledgeable and so much fun. We had a blast doing this interview, and I'm sure you want to know who he is. Who's our guest today, Sherpa? His name is Brian Snow, and he is the host of the Snowman in the Morning podcast. And he's a great guy. We had a lot of fun talking, so much laughing. Well, before we started... Our interview. I started counting down using silly voices, and Brian just lost it, which is why he's giggling at the beginning of the interview. But we had a lot of fun, and check out the stories that he has to tell. He's definitely a guy with a passion for sports and a passion for life. And like I said, so much fun. I'll just stop saying so much fun because you're going to get to listen to the interview with Brian Snow, otherwise known as Snowman in the Morning. He's laughing already. <laughs> We're here in the conference room at the Shopee Chalet with, in the middle of the summer. I'm talking to a guy named Snowman. I, I'm trying to figure that one out. <laughs> he's already getting, at some point, he's going to talk. He's just going to stop laughing. <laughs> but his name is Brian Snow. He has a podcast called Snowman in the Morning. Do you have a jingle?
1: No, nope, I have a tagline. It's the best sports show you heard. I like it. So,
0: welcome to the show, Brian. How's it going? Thank
1: you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm I'm having a blast already <laughs> because we spent 10 minutes laughing before we came That's on. Right.
0: We've got podcasting <laughs> giggles.
1: <laughs> I'm loving this already. <laughs> I'm loving this already.
0: <laughs> okay, well, let's start on a really serious subject.
1: Tell me all about yourself, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, well, the way you were counting down using the different voices, that's kind of that's how I am. I'm silly. I love having fun. I still love Looney Tunes, and I just turned 48 last week. I love the old school cartoons. I love old school video games. I'm a sports nerd. Uh, happily married, living here in North Carolina, and about to celebrate my 25th year in broadcasting. Wow.
0: So you started up, apparently, in radio?
1: Yep. Uh, uh, College student radio, as a matter of fact, Chicago State University. And here's how I did my first game in 1995. Totally off of an idea. My friend Kevin had checked out a camera from the speech and theater department, and I asked him if he could attach a microphone with that. And he said, yeah, what do you have in mind? So we walked over to the gym and the coach at the time was one Craig Hodges. And he said, if you need to film, yeah, go ahead. So I uh, raced into the bathroom. I changed into a shirt and tie and without any notes or anything like that. That was that was my first call. And Off to the races I went.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's the big phrase today, isn't it? We were
1: off to the races. races. We we were off to the races.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So did you ever do TV also, or you just did? uh... I
1: did. I've done TV a couple of times. Uh, When I lived in a small town called Jasper, Indiana, they had me radio, television, and internet. So I've done video uh, broadcasts before. Um, Nothing new to me. I've done uh, when I first got started. We were doing uh, simulcast video and audio, so I'm pretty much pretty much used to it. Besides, when you grew up watching Michael Jordan play on Sports Channel, and they had their uh, simulcast with my favorite voice of all time, Jim Durham, you pretty much get used to the culture very quickly.
0: Sure. Now, when you grew up, did you have any sports aspirations? Did you want to be an athlete, or did you ever think about it?
1: I wanted to play base. I, I wanted to play baseball. I just never got good at it. <laughs> I wanted to play a coach. I wanted to play a few sports. I just never got good at it. So I figure I'll do the next best thing and put a microphone in front of my face.
0: <laughs> that works. You weren't like me. Like you played one year in Little League and they put you in right field because they knew well.
1: They <laughs> figured it out quick. <laughs> I tried. I tried out. I tried out for Jackie Robinson. Uh, literally in Chicago, but I got the feeling very quickly. Uh, no, I'm not going to do good at this (laughs) because I didn't, I didn't practice and school was the big thing for me because of my parents. They, they really wanted me to get an education and I love them for that, but I figure I can satisfy my craving for sports another way. Like I said, and I figure if I can't play it, I'll call it.
0: Did you ever do like color commentary or anything like that in your, Mm -hmm. in your career?
1: I have. I have, but I've been more of a play-by-play announcer for uh, most of my career. Okay.
0: For mostly baseball or or any sports?
1: Let's see. What sports have I done play-by-play for? Baseball, football, basketball, done volleyball. I've done soccer, and I got a funny story about that. Uh, I've done hockey, and I've done lacrosse.
0: Okay. We got to hear the soccer story now that you give me the buildup.
1: All right, 2006 I was in Chicago covering Whitney Young High School. They gave me a chance to cover all their sports and the girls soccer team had gotten to one level shy of the state final. And I didn't have um I didn't have access to a car at the time. And I had to go from the south side way up north. I had to catch two trains and three buses, and I had to start my trek at two o'clock in the afternoon, and by the time I was walking to the stadium, it was pouring rain. And I was so afraid of my equipment in my, my backpack getting soaked, it didn't. So I'm way at the top of the stadium, calling the soccer match, and I figure, we'll get this over quickly, and I'll go home. No the soccer match went two overtimes. Full overtimes. And I'm watching the rain come down. And I'm thinking, I got to go home in this stuff. I'm going to wind up peeling my shirt and tie off when I get in the house. And true to form, when I got home, I peeled off my shirt and tie and the rest of my clothes when I got in the house. And Whitney Young lost one to nothing in two overtimes. Oh. <laughs> that, that, hurt.
0: Hurt. that hurt. That hurt. That, that makes for one long day, Brian.
1: <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. That was a 14-hour a, a day and 12 of it I spent in travel. <laughs> yeah, ooh.
0: <laughs> I think a lesser man would have just been like, Let's just make up a score and say, yeah, they won. The the hell with
1: it. Yep. (laughs) They just said the hell with it, climbed down at halftime and left. (laughs) The
0: the last couple of minutes of the last quarter, you could have been like, "Ah, just
1: draw your own conclusions. I'm out of (laughs) here. Believe me, when I saw the rain pelting down and I heard it on the roof, I I said, I want to get out of here so bad, but I can't. I got to finish this game two reasons. I stayed and finished. One, I was getting paid for it. And two, the staff there kept bringing me food. (laughs) They They kept bringing me food and drinks. So they asked me, you know, would you like anything to drink? I said, what's the cost? They said, well, you're media, so we'll bring the food to you. I said, well, bring me something light. Yeah, it kept... Coming. (laughs) (laughs) Their version
0: of light was a uh, five-course meal?
1: Basically. Basically. Because it was a state playoff game, it was basically mandated that they had to have, you know, food for the media. And since I was one of only three media members there covering that match, who braved the rain, not to mention the wind, and it was 60 degrees that day. Oh, <laughs> god So imagine, imagine 60 degrees and the wind was what, 20 miles an hour? And I heard the rain on the roof and I'm going, I have to go home in this. I'm going to be beat up. I'm going to be soaked. And I got to get up in the morning. Yipe! <laughs> <Ooh>.
0: <laughs> I, I'm, mm-hmm. As you're telling the story, I'm just kind of imagining just being <laughs> st- stuck in that, just like.
1: Uh, I could have been an accountant. The, the, kid, the, the kids on both sides were great. The kids on both sides were great. And I got the same question from uh, members of both teams who saw me climbing down out of the press box. And the rain is the, the rain's coming down. I didn't have an umbrella. And they're going, you sat through that whole thing? Yep. And I don't have a voice. Nor do I have a microphone because it's getting soaked right now. <laughs> Ooh. Oh my! Oh my! <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. That's that's one of many uh, crazy stories I have over 20 plus years.
0: What was your first sport when you were growing up? Was it you? Was it baseball? You said, or because you wanted to be a ball player?
1: I grew up. I grew up loving baseball. Baseball was the first sport I got hooked on because um, my dad watched it with me. My grandpa watched it with me. And uh, so many of uh, my friends in my old neighborhood would watch baseball with me. We'd all sit around, watch baseball, talk about who's the best. And and this was the time we grew up. And one of my favorite teams I watched in the mid-80s was the New York Mets because one of my favorite sluggers was Darryl Strawberry. And I wanted to be Darryl Strawberry, but I couldn't hit left-handed. I was a right-handed power hitter, and then come the '90s, my favorite slugger went from Daryl Strawberry and later Ken Griffey Jr., who who I still love, to a fellow named Frank Thomas, who played with my Chicago White Sox for 16 years. And when I saw that big man hit and spray the ball all over the field, I said, "Uh-oh, I think I have a new favorite now." And my dad and and my dad noticed it, <laughs> so he would he would get me tickets to White Sox games and. I would just love seeing Frank Thomas hit.
0: I know he's he has an impressive record, too, so there was definitely a lot for you to oh, yeah. uh, see along the way. Now, l- <laughs> let's talk a little bit about your podcast. Hey, how about that? <laughs> I, I don't know why I would forget that, considering you're sitting there with, with headphones on. You'd think that would be a good visual clue for the Sherpa.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> We're going to be sending some air down to Brian oh, in a little bit. <laughs> if my wife was looking at me white, right now she would just tell me, she would just say breathe. Breathe because she she would do the same thing. She'll say something and I'll hear it and I'll lose it. <laughs> I, I would be laughing so hard I would forget I, I would forget to breathe but she would just tell me to breathe. About my show, I started it in 2013. And I always talk sports with my friends. I appeared on a couple of shows um, in Chicago and someone said why don't you start your own why don't you start your own show I said because the radio stations won't hire me because I actually know what I'm doing and I said look, you got the internet at your disposal figure it out wait a minute they're right I can figure this out so I had a mixer I had a laptop I had a, uh, a headset microphone and I said, you know what, I'm going to try it. On October 1st, 2013, Snowman in the Morning was born.
0: Do you remember your first guest?
1: I didn't get a guest for, I'd say, two weeks. And one of my first guests was uh, a guy named Gary Rima, who is the voice of the University of Northern Iowa. And I was told and advised, you know, keep all your guests to 15 minutes, keep your segments to 15 minutes. Yeah, I get my friend Gary on the phone, we're on the phone for a half hour. And I didn't care. I didn't care. He's a very, very dear friend. Um, I've also had uh, Dave Bennett, voice of Northwestern, uh, Pat Hughes, voice of the Cubs, and um, a few other, uh, lots of other broadcasters and some I'm reconnecting with that I'm going to put in my uh, month of legends, a little something I'm working on for my 25th anniversary. And uh, it's my wife's idea. We're And I'm enacting it. A lot of stuff that goes on into uh, producing the show, but it's fun. I've learned to be more consistent with it. I've learned how to get better guests, Um, getting a team together to help promote it, to help put it out there. I just brought on a co-host to help race through the show. And, you know, he, and my co-host and I would get talking the next thing, you know, I'm looking, my my wife's telling me, go to a break, go to a break, go to a break, because she's my executive producer. And she'll tell me, go to a break, and I would miss it. And I take a sip of water and I look up and she just has she just has this look and she'll give me a finger point and I'm going, oh, I got to go to a break. Quick. And I go to a break and she starts she starts cracking up.
0: (laughs) So when when the wife speaks.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I have to listen, especially um, I know a lot more about the production, but she's got the timing down pat for Okay. And she learned, and she learned that really quick. You know, being with me in the booth calling foot, uh, calling football, uh, she knows my out cues. And when I go to a break, she'll just point to a big bottle of water that I'd have in the booth with me, and she'll go drink quick. And <laughs> I'll, I'll drink something. And when I do have my breaks, I make sure, I make sure this is full, this is full <laughs> so I can do that because uh, most of the breaks I take are 180 seconds. So I make sure. I have everything ready, make sure the next segment's ready, and just go from there.
0: So walk me through doing like play-by-play. Play. I mean, what, do you just have like a bunch of stats in front of you? Is it just, you know, or, or you just basically Most calling the, the time, action as, as everything's going along, or is it a little combination of both? It's a
1: combination, it's a combination of both because when I do my research for football, it starts uh, that Monday um, when I have a Friday night game. My research starts that Monday with requests going out to the coaches for their roster, updated roster, their starting lineups, uh, starting offense, starting defense, starting special teams, any stats that they can give me. And throughout the week, I just put it together. And by Wednesday, I'm taping my coaches interviews, putting the rest of my pregame together so that when I arrive at the stadium on Friday, I just set up, plug everything in, make sure it works. And as I said, since my wife's been with me, she's been going through my checklist with me and, uh, it'll be a seven o'clock kick. So, and I have an hour, I would have an hour long pregame show. So once six o'clock hits, push a button and pregame shows rolling.
0: Boom. Apart from like the, the rainy, what well, the monsoon soccer game, <laughs> were there any other ones that kind of stick out in, in your time in broadcasting?
1: Let's see. I've been snowed out of a high school baseball game in Gary, Indiana and this is after the home team put nine runs on the board and one more it would have been a 10-run rule. I was stuck on the roof in a summer monsoon in September in a game that went six overtimes for a football game. I lost my umbrella, which flew off the roof in a 15-mile-an-hour wind. The field was a mud pit, and it was one of the greatest games I ever watched and one of the greatest games I ever called because it was two ranked teams in the state of Illinois, going at it, and they were both—they both play in the Chicago Catholic League. It was fourteen fourteen at the end of regulation. It wound up fifty-one forty-eight after six overtimes. Wow! I climbed back, I climbed back downstairs, and it, like I said, it was a Catholic League game. I climbed back downstairs. I was so tired. I was so spent, but I was so happy to see a game like that. And a couple of the parents heard me, and they said, "You did a great job." I said, "Can I have a favor?" I said, yeah, give me a beer. And they (laughs) put a beer in my coat pocket, and I went home. (laughs) I've had that. I've had a 13-inning baseball game, which was only supposed to go seven. (laughs) That was the first game of a doubleheader. It went 13 innings because no one scored after the fourth. And in the middle of that game that uh, my friend Mark and I were doing, it was in Joliet, Illinois. There were windows behind us. And they were getting the stadium ready for that uh, for that baseball season in Joliet. Yeah. Yeah. My microphone, My microphone picked up everything. And somebody, and somebody was squeegeeing the windows. <laughs> and, it and it frightened the daylights out of us. We both turned around and went, what? <laughs> Two of the best that happened were in 2012. And anybody that uh, is familiar with YouTube, and you should be, just search my name, Brian Snow, and search the term Marist Miracles because there are two games that happened when I was covering games for High School Cube at the time with Marist High School in Chicago. The first one was a, uh, a regional championship game in which Marist erased an 11-point deficit in the final five minutes and won it with two seconds left. Instead of going for the tie, they went for the win. Lexus Williams, who I affectionately call Hot Rod Williams, Barry to three from the right wing, so I had that one. And then three days later, they were playing. And that was against the number six team in the nation, and then in the uh, in the state. I beg your pardon. And then they played the number four team in the state, and they were down fifteen with two and a half minutes to go. Wiped that out, tied the game with a layup, and I went nuts again with one point four left, and they won that game in overtime, sixty-eight to sixty-three, and. After the first one, I got an email from my boss that said, your clip of excitement is headed to ESPN. I fell back to sleep again. And suddenly I sat up and I went, what? And I called my boss and I said, don't mess with me. She says, I'm not kidding. They requested it. It was sent to ESPN. What I didn't know is that the night before, that Sunday night, it had made a dead spin. And of course, they put, they, they put their spin in it. And I love the guys at Deadspin. And I didn't know what kind of a storm it would set off. I didn't know what to expect. And that was after the first one. I got calls from seven different stations across the country, all wanting to interview me. Three of them were in, were in Chicago. And my friend Josh got a hold of me that morning. Uh, got a hold of me one morning. It was like 6.30. in the morning, I am dead to the world. I hear my phone, and I look at the readout, and I see it's him. I see it's my friend Josh, and I said, I better pick this up. I picked it up, and before I can can even say, how are you doing? He says, you need to call WSCR right now and surprise them. Why the hell am I going to do that? Because they're talking about you. So everybody's been talking about me for the last two days. So what? Just call them. Trust me. Yeah, he was right. I called him and surprised the daylights out of him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's the guy. <laughs> the excited
1: mm-hmm. guy. <laughs> I've, I've talked with uh, Boomer Esiason at the WFAN. Mm-hmm. This is when uh, Boomer and Carton was popular. Sure. This is 2012. Uh, Dory Monson, K-I-R-O in Seattle. And that was after the first one. After the second one, I get an email from a producer of the Dan Patrick show. And I looked at that email and I'm going, you're kidding. I wrote him back and I said, okay. I figure i play along, see what happens. Wrote him back. He writes me back 30 seconds later. We're calling you at 1030 your time. Be ready to pick up the phone and talk to Dan Patrick. Don't fool with me. We're not fooling with you. We want you on. Well, I have that interview saved. I got all the interviews from that year saved, and it's like one of my hallmarks in, uh, in my 25 years. I have fun doing what I'm doing. Uh, now I'm moving up, I'm going to the uh, college level, the uh, junior college level here in North Carolina. Uh, there's a semi-pro league that wants me to cover them. I had a chance to cover a Charlotte Hornets game with uh, the San Antonio Spurs in town. And that story, my friend Bill Shonig, who's the radio voice of the Spurs, uh, I got a hold of him and I said, "I finally moved. I'm finally in North Carolina." And then I, he said that he said, "That's great. You'll have to come by when we play the Hornets." A couple weeks later, I said, uh, "Let me know when you're in town, and I'll swing by the uh, Spectrum Center." He says, "I'll do better than that. I'll drop you a hundred bucks if you're some, you're my stats guy for the night." You're on! So, <laughs> I got that one.
0: <laughs> Give me an offer like that, right? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Can't. <laughs> well, that's great that, you know, your enthusiasm for sports got at least that recognition, you know, and and that that sort of excitement because, like you said, people should be excited for events like that and games like that because yeah. sometimes you get those, yeah. those one-in-a-lifetime events and, and plays and, you know, and what have you yeah. that – you know, that, that you may never see again, or or you have to wait for a long
1: time for it to happen again. Uh, yes, yeah, so you have to wait a long time to see it again.
0: If you were going to interview, and I'll put you to work a little bit here, Brian, three sports legends, living or dead, anywhere, any sport, who would be your choice? Michael
1: Jordan, Joe Montana, and uh, Jim Durham.
0: Look at that. He just didn't even hesitate.
1: And I'm working on the first two. I am seriously working on working on the first two, trying to uh, figure out how to get them, get them on my show. Yeah, but those would be the three.
0: Well, I guess you yeah, have the Chicago background too. I'm sure uh, Jordan may be like, ah. Oh.
1: You know what? If I ever had, if I ever got the chance to interview MJ, I'd clear my whole day because it would just take one question to get it started, and the next thing I know, hours would pass my wife would have a big cheesy grin on her face. I would try to hold my grin in because I'd have to, you know, I got to, I got to keep it calm. I couldn't fanboy out (laughs) with Michael Jordan in front of me, which I did when I met him because I was calling the game for his son, Marcus, who had transferred to Whitney young. And my partner was telling me, you know, Michael's going to be in the building tonight. I said, nah, not a chance. Yeah. Right. I go over to say hi to the principal, and who do I bump into? Michael Jeffrey Jordan. He stuck his hand out because I was also the PA, and after that, he stuck his hand out, and he said, good job. Yeah, I melted. I went back to my seat, and I told Paul, you're calling the third quarter. You're not talking, are you? Nope. You're not washing your hand, are you? Nope.
0: (laughs) Were you doing like the Ralph Cramden thing? Were you going, humm, 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 humm,
1: For the entire eight (laughs) minutes, for the entire third quarter, Paul would look at me, and he'd laugh when we go to a break. He said, "Are you going to say anything?" I'll try. <laughs> I'm not going to guarantee anything. I eventually I did, <laughs> and eventually I did get my senses back for the fourth quarter. But that that third quarter, I'm just sitting there going, "I shook Michael's hand. <laughs> what? what? I shook Michael's hand, and I'm calling games for his son, Jim Durham. You'd be proud of me." <laughs>
0: That's pretty remarkable, especially not too many people get to meet their sports heroes and have that kind of awe, I guess, especially when you don't expect it. You know, it's like and then he's saying something You're, nice, yeah. he's paying, paying you a compliment. So then it's probably like like a double bonus for you. There,
1: there are there were one hundred thousand compliments I wanted to pay him. But when he paid me that compliment. <laughs> That's all I needed. (laughs) My day was made. made. My life was made. I I can go home. (laughs) I'm fine. Yeah, I think I probably would be like, bleep, 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 (laughs) And he'd be like, yeah, I get that all the time. That's how I was driving home. Paul called me while I was on the road. I I drove from Chicago to Gary because I was living in Gary, Indiana at the time. Paul called me and he goes, can you talk yet? No, call me tomorrow. (laughs) Click. He called me later that night and left a voicemail and he couldn't say a word because he was laughing so hard and I woke up laughing also remembering what happened
0: <laughs> I'm going to keep my fingers crossed for you that you get that interview and
1: <laughs> I'd, I would I'm trying I'm trying you, you're going to probably need a
0: lot of those big cups of water though
1: I think <laughs> up to here <laughs> They'll hook up a little IV <laughs> mm-hmm. I'd have to get an IV now give me an IV full of liquid, please. <laughs> Why? I'm interviewing Michael Jordan today. It's going to take all day. I need the liquid. <laughs> I need the moisture. Please. You know what my wife would do? My wife would bring in like two big bottles of water okay. and she'll just, she just put them at my side and smile at me and then give me a hug and she'll just wink and go, just in case. oh
0: <laughs> You know, we're, we're mentioning your wife. Now. Well, How did you meet
1: your wife? Met her online actually. Really? And the first time I talked to her, I met her two years ago this month, I was calling, I was a-, calling a game. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing a football game. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I thought to myself, I want to talk to her, but I wanted to do something unique. And then I figured if she's gonna know what I do, then I have to she she's has to hear it. So I dialed. I dialed a number, I put the phone in my headset, and she heard me, and then she recognized what I was doing, and she starts laughing, and all I had to hear was her laugh. And my brain went dead, my heart jumped out of my chest, and I said, okay, I found the person who I who I, need. I just had to hear her laugh, and when I went to a break, I said, hi, and she's still laughing. She's, she's going, well, this is unique. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: hoping that like you didn't get the two conversations confused. Yeah, that's a beautiful reception
1: in the twenty-yard line and how about you know a nice what? dinner tomorrow night. And you You know what? If I repeat a call out loud here in the house, she'll either repeat it or she'll walk behind me when I don't when I don't realize she's in the same room with me. She'll just walk up behind me and go, nuh-uh, and just distract me. And the first time she did that. I took the dog out, and I was repeating a call by Vince Scully from 85 Cardinals and Dodgers, and I said, and he hits one to deep left field, and that one is gone. I walk by my wife. She goes, nuh-uh, and I lost it. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have, like, a catchphrase when you do in your play-by-play? I got so many of them that uh, I use, and I have borrowed shamelessly from others. I I, I just have too many of them. (laughs) Get the little Rolodex. Okay, this one. I'm go for this one, and it de- it de- it depends on the game. One that I've used the last couple of years for a fantastic play came courtesy of a uh, Steve Rabel, the voice of the Seattle Seahawks. I saw a running catch made like Willie May style over the shoulder, and the next thing I blurted out was "Holy catfish!" It stuck. <laughs> it's it's stuck. I said it during a boys' basketball game, and the kids were repeating it to me. <laughs> the <laughs> parents, the parents were repeating it to me. <laughs> the birth <laughs> of a catchphrase. Cat- cat- you know, is- I, I I I borrowed a, a catchphrase from one of my favorite announcers. It got it, it stuck with the kids. It stuck with the parents, and that was that.
0: <laughs> so, what, how are you handling all of the sports stuff when there's not so many sports going on because of this uh, little? pandemic thing that people are talking about
1: on this laptop of mine i've got so many old school games to keep me busy and i do my show every day Uh, i help my wife out around the house so i'm i'm good i'm good especially with the way the nba is save a couple of teams that i follow i'll take the jordan era magic era bird era of the nba any day of the week
0: all right. So because we are both <laughs> podcasters and uh I'm sure in, in all this time that you've been doing your podcast, there are probably some that you like to listen to. So what are some of the ones that you like to listen to? Are they all sports <clears throat> podcasts or you do you usually listen to other stuff to um, kind of
1: take your mind off? Of most these? most of them most of them are sports part or uh sports podcasts. Um one off the board podcast I, I listen to. My wife got me hooked on. Uh, there's little. There's a YouTube series called My Little Homestead, and they do, and they accompany it with my little podcast. And she got me hooked on that, and now I'm listening as intently as as she is. And they'll say something funny, and we'll both start laughing. So there's that. Uh, sometimes I listen to Joe Rogan, but uh, most of the podcasts I listen to are are, are sports podcasts.
0: We have a portion of the show, and we call it Shameless Self-Promotion.
1: Bum, 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 bum. Shameless Self-Promotion. Bum, 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 bum. Shameless Self-Promotion.
0: Now, this is where you get to let everybody know where they can reach you, where they can follow you, uh, anything that you'd like to make people aware of and
1: it's yeah. Well, uh yeah um all my social media for my show is official s-i-t mourn that's o-f-o-f-f-i-c-i-a-l-s-i-t-m-s-and-mary-o-r-n uh, short for snowman in the morning that's uh facebook twitter and instagram you can hear me every morning beginning at 10 a.m on uh fullpressradio.com, sportscarolinamonthly.com, and uh, Sportsnet.com slash radio. It's two hours. It'll take you from 10 to noon. So it's at the bottom of the morning. And sports and life and entertainment all intertwined. And also, I got uh, two links where I'm doing some fundraising to keep the show going. You can <clears throat> help out at uh, Patreon.com/sitmorning or Anchor.fm/officialsitmorn, and I got my first uh, subscriber through Anchor, and I got my first one through Patreon. My goal is to get four hundred. Hell, I'll change that. Five hundred. I want to get. Fi- I want to get five hundred subscribers. And 500 monthly subscribers, people saying, oh, you won't be able to do it. I gave myself a goal of Labor Day, and I intend to get it done. So with you helping out, uh, those are the those are the two links, patreon.com slash SITMorning and uh, anchor.fm slash official SITMorning. That's where you can become a monthly contributor.
0: You know, I was just thinking of something. I've had a couple of guests on, and usually I... I'll name drop in the title of the episode, even though the the, the celebrity doesn't Appear on the show or anything like that. Like I had one. Yeah. Uh, I've actually had two that mentioned Joe Rogan, even though Joe Rogan has never been a guest. Although he would probably just right. crush me in his bicep, you know. <laughs> 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 if he ever was through the through the computer, <laughs> and yeah. uh, one with Howard Stern. We sh- I should uh, give a shout out to Michael Jordan and see if it, if it'll catch his attention somewhere <laughs> on a on a Google search or something like that.
1: I hope it, I hope it does. <laughs> I hope it does. I will say I have had um, Super Bowl champion Lee Woodall played with the 49ers. I had him on recently. I've also had Richmond Webb from the Dolphins played in the uh, 90s. Uh, Glenn Parker, uh, offensive guard with the Bills. I had him on recently. Um, Gene Banks, former Bull, former Spur. He's coming on at a later date. Glenn Parker's coming back. So I'm building the library
0: that sounds like a lot of fun so you if you guys like your sports this is one of the guys that you should be listening to the snowman in the morning brian snow thank you so much for coming on the show
1: I i appreciate it thank you for having me and now it's time for sherpa
0: suggestions For today's Sherpa Suggestions, I figured since Brian is such a huge Michael Jordan fan, I would recommend some podcasts that have to do with Michael Jordan. And I actually found a few, believe it or not. So here are some Michael Jordan podcasts to check out if you, you just like Brian, are a fan of Michael Jordan. We have Bulls Gold, NBA History, Michael Jordan Era, and more in all airness. Get it? Get it? Bullish, a Chicago Bulls show. The Chicago Six Times. And the Bulls Outsiders podcast, which is about each episode of The Last Dance, which was the documentary about Michael Jordan. Okay, now that I've promoted Michael Jordan all this time, I think as payback... I don't want anything. I just want him to appear on Brian's show just so Brian can go hamana, 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 hamana. Hey, Rebels, and thank you so much for listening to today's episode with Brian Snow, the snowman in the morning. And a very special thanks to Brian for coming on the show and having some laughs. And we had a lot of laughs, definitely. <laughs> So definitely check out his podcast, please. And if you like this show, you know, we, you can get this on your favorite podcast app if it's not already on there. Or you can listen at my website, sharppollution.com And the people who've been here know this one. But sharpallusion sure is the word that you need to know if you want to follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Just type in sharpallusion sure and boom. You'll see what's going on with all the shows, and you'll hear about the exciting interviews that I've had right after I have them. And also, if you follow on the website, you'll see that there's a page that actually gives you the schedule for the month as to what guests will be on the show. And not only that, there's a link to what's called the Sherpa Shop, where you can do some online shopping. And there's over 100 stores you can shop from and while you're doing all that shopping, you can help raise a little money for charity. Check out the link at sharpolutioncom slash about.html to find out more. Okay, Mr. Bruce, I'm heading to the showers. If you can, please show everybody the door. See you guys tomorrow. We will be talking with J.B. Ellis. Be fellow Sharpolution, everybody.
1: Thanks for listening to too many podcasts. Please disperse. You can go home now. I said you can go home now. Viva la shepelition. Viva la shepelition. <coughs> oh. Yo, come back now, you hear?